the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. With a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and the challenges facing today's church, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and your concerns. Well, it's been almost four months now since the October 7th, 2023 Hamas attack on Israel, an attack that has become known as one of the bloodiest in Israel's history and the deadliest for the Jews since the Holocaust. We have seen and heard reports from the Middle East of the horrific atrocities and barbaric killings of Jews. However, in light of biblical prophecy and history, this is nothing new or surprising. Behind all of these heinous acts is none other than Satan and his demonic cohorts working in accordance to Ephesians 6.12, where it states, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Warfare is not only physical, but it's also spiritual. Stay tuned for part seven of our series entitled Genocide Attacking Christmas. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that uh, uplifting introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Atlanta for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And we trust that you're going to be blessed immensely by this program uh, tonight. And uh, we come to part uh, seven in this series. It's been a nice, long series. And I trust that many of you out there have been blessed. And I want to say this by way of uh, introduction. You know, Satan has uh, three major goals, three major demonic goals. Um, and he always works this, and he's nonstop on it. Uh, these three major demonic goals and works of Satan, and they all start with the letter P, is that, number one, he wants to thwart the plans of God, get you into other plans other than his plans. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to plan you right out of eternity. And the second P is that Satan wants to thwart the purposes of God. He doesn't want you to follow God's purposes for your life. And uh, along with this uh, 
purposes, you know, you might as well put with that promises because that goes right with the purpose because you follow the purpose, you're going to get uh, promises. And then number three, the third P is perseverance. He doesn't want you to persevere through whatever you're going through. Satan wants to thwart you from all of those P's. And my encouragement to you tonight is don't allow the devil to do that. Now, uh, tonight we come to uh, seventh point and the eighth point. I'm going to put them together on the genocide attacking upon Christmas. And so I'm going to try to combine these two together because they relate in so many ways. And number seven, genocide attacking Christmas is the spirit of the Antichrist, the spirit of the Antichrist. And you know, the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world today. There's so many people against God, against everything that God uh, wants to do in terms of his plans, uh, his promises, his purposes, and us persevering through. And the Antichrist spirit is against all of that. And I want to call your attention to First um, John uh, chapter 2, First John chapter 2. Now, the word Antichrist is not mentioned in the book of Revelation, and this is the only place by which it is mentioned here and also in John, First John chapter 4. So, in First John chapter 2, uh, you have uh, in verse 18, the Apostle John says, little children, it is the last time. In other words, this is the last days in which we are living in. The last days have been ever since the cross. That's when eschatology, the last days, started since the cross of Jesus Christ. As you have heard that, that Antichrist, notice that, shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that this is the last time. Notice how many times he mentions the word in this verse, Antichrist, and notice how many times he mentions the last time. The Apostle John is really trying to get a point across to us, and I want you to notice two important things. There is a future fearer Antichrist to come. I know some people don't believe that, but this is what the Bible teaches here. And it says, even now are there many Antichrists. Now, I want you to notice that he says that there is an Antichrist shall come. Now, he hasn't come yet. He's not been here yet, but he is on his way. He will be fully possessed by Satan to turn this world upside down. Now he says, and there are many antichrists, whereby we know that this is the last time. And then you notice in verse 22, he mentions the word antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. And then if you turn over to John, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 3, it says, and every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of the Antichrist. Here the word Antichrist is mentioned again. Not mentioned in the book of Revelation, but it's surely mentioned here. And it's talking about two, one to come. And then 
one already in the world. Now, I know some people say this is referring to uh, AD 70. No, uh, this is not what the text is saying. Uh, that's an eisegesis of the text itself. Now, so we laid that foundation, and that's important for us to do. Now, uh, there is a spirit of the Antichrist in the world that's against everything we are trying to do as Christians. Anything that comes against your faith, against your trust in God, against your obedience to the Lord, that is the spirit of the Antichrist, and you need to be aware of it. Now, along with this, number eight, there is a genocide attack upon Christmas in the Holocaust of Nazi Germany. You know, I want to kind of deal with uh, Adolf Hitler for a minute and just say that he, is, he was a preview of the coming Antichrist to come to this world. But I want to say this, Adolf Hitler is like a little toy in the crackerjack box in comparison to this one future fear that's coming. This future fear will be 20,000 times worse than Hitler. Why do I know that? Because the book of Daniel talks about it. The book of uh, Revelation talks about it. Also, it talks about it in 2 Thessalonians and other places in the Bible. Now, I want to give you an example of how dangerous Hitler was, because he was not only influenced by Charles Darwin when it came to evolution, but he also was influenced by the demoniac world of demons. How often do you hear that? And uh, he desired to seek after demons. And there is a to get wisdom and knowledge on what he needed to do. There is a book that you should get. It's called The Morning Magician. Uh, and in this book, it breaks down a lot of the things about Hitler and his seeking after demons and demonology and demon power. And they bring out a hollow earth society in which uh, he was connected with this hollow earth society and getting supernatural uh, information and felt that this was a place to go. If there was a tremendous war going on, he would find some means of escape in this hollow earth thing. And so he was consulting with uh, black wizards and uh, black magic and demons. And no wonder why this man was so uh, demonically controlled. And you think that's bad, what he did with six million uh, Jews, and you're not talking about other thousands and thousands of uh, non-Jews were also executed and destroyed. And this was just uh, a terrible thing that came upon the world during that time. And we are talking about uh, so many uh, non-Christians were also uh, executed and killed. And uh, he even went after uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and killed many of them. And, uh, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, they, 
they were thinking that he was having a plot to go after Hitler to kill him. And they got that man and literally stripped him naked and then took him out and hung him with six other people. And uh, you think that's bad? You haven't seen nothing in the coming of the Antichrist. Now, let me say this in conclusion. I want to share four ways on how to recognize the spirit of the Antichrist. Let me go through this quickly. There are four ways to recognize the spirit of the Antichrist in our world today. Number one, government that takes away your power, any power, is ruled by the spirit of the Antichrist that seeks to control you. And we have that in our government today. They want to strip you of everything and they want to take control of you. This is a conditioning trying to get us conditioned to be ready for the coming of the Antichrist. That's what Satan wants. And then, number two, there is the, the way to recognize the spirit of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist loves to take captive your minds of men and women into science, technology, education, and mostly all these areas have become corrupt in one way or another. And you got to guard your mind. Ephesians 6 talks about putting on the helmet of salvation. And 2 Corinthians 10 talks about, you know, pulling down the strongholds and taking your mind captive to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, take your thoughts and your mind captive to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so this is the doctrine of demons behind these things that I'm mentioning in this number two. And number three, the rulers that operate with the spirit of the Antichrist are lawless, and they are uh, literally into trying to break all of the laws and we see in our world today, laws being broke left and right. It's an invasion coming over here. All these illegal people, you know, we don't believe in stopping people from coming over, but they need to come legally. And lawlessness is growing and crime and violence everywhere. This is a conditioning, getting ready for the spirit of the Antichrist, the future Antichrist to come, the man of sin the son of perdition that Paul talks about in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that will bring so much delusion and skepticism upon this world and heartening of people's heart. And because they did not love the truth, God sent them strong delusion that they would believe a lie than the truth. And then, uh, fourthly and lastly, Leaders, this is the spirit of the Antichrist. Leaders who are controlled by the spirit of the Antichrist have a military dictatorship spirit to control you with a dictatorship. And we find this not only in countries outside of America, but we find it in America as well. And that's exactly what the Antichrist will do. Everything is a conditioning, even along with everything being dominated with computers. Notice in Revelation chapter 13, it says the mark of the beast will be the number of a man, number 666. Notice how everything today has moved away from cash to numer numerics and numbers. This is a conditioning too. 
This is part of the spirit of the Antichrist. And you think it's bad now? You, you talk about genocide. Let me say this in closing. You talk about genocide. Look at Revelation chapter 13. And it says, whoever didn't take the mark of the beast was killed, you know, butchered, killed, destroyed. This is a conditioning that's coming upon our world. Horrific. Something that we've never seen before. Let's close in prayer. Lord, thank you for the message and the messenger. Thank you for speaking to our hearts tonight. May we apply everything we've learned. We ask you to forgive us of all our sins through word, deed, and thought. May we surrender to you as Lord, and may we grow in the knowledge of your word so we will not be left in ignorance when the future fearer comes to lead us astray in his imitation of Christ. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right. It's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, first of all, we just like to take this opportunity to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. We can't thank you enough for your consistent prayers, and we can't thank you enough also for your consistent giving. Because this is a listener-supported ministry, and we not only need your prayer support, but we also need your financial support as well to keep doing what God has called us to do here. And over the last 20 years, you've been uh, more than faithful, and we cannot thank you enough for your faithfulness in giving and your faithfulness through your prayers. So we take this moment to validate you and just want to say keep up the good work because we need it. We need those prayers constantly going forward, as well as your financial giving. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tebron, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon is spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 9490. Now, the second way is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button. And it's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. It's so important. You know, we have the three T's. We have our time, we have our talent, and we have our treasure. And one day God's going to Um, judge us based on what we did with those three T's as believers. So it's really important that we make sure that we're good stewards of everything God has given us in terms of time, talent, treasure. And as we give, we're sending our treasure ahead of us into eternity. And so we just want to encourage you 
continue to pray and continue to give. All right, Dr. Buckner, you're about ready to go to the phone call. Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right. We have um, Brother Rick on line one with a question. Brother Rick, how are you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourself? We are truly blessed. Uh, We're just having a dynamic time. Interesting question. It came on my mind. We, we, we know about Samson. We know about his great strength. And we know about the service that he did with the God. But there were so many times that he sinned, especially with women mm-hmm. and uh, many other things he sinned. When, when his life was over, was, was, he, was he considered saved or was he considered condemned? That's a good question, Brother Rick. And... <clears throat> There have been people that have asked that question similar to you um, in the midst of Samson's failures. You know, he was weak in the area of sexual sin, uh, you know, gave in to a harlot and then to other women. And then he also uh, told uh, Delilah the secret uh, to his strength. uh, And uh, that was part of his downfall, too. Uh, a lot of men in the Bible uh, gave in to women, and David was another one. And But God still used David after he repented. And I believe that uh, Samson, when he got to the end of his life, uh, the people mocked Samson uh, because uh, they burned out of his eyes. They, they, the Philistines realized that that was his weakness. His weakness was in his eyes. So they mocked him by burning out both of his eyes, uh, where his weakness was at, and they laughed at him. Uh, so this is a man that is controlled by uh, his his eyes. And uh, so uh, what happened is that uh, Samson, before he died, he asked the Lord to uh, literally, uh, you know, he reached out and called out to God for help. And that's a part of repentance. And God gave him strength to push those pillars. And all those people there that was mocking him, they died along with Samson, like a suicide thing that happened to him and all the other people. And uh, But I think the greatest thing that shows evidence that Samson was saved is that the writer of Hebrews uh, put him in the list of the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, and you go to verse 31, and it mentions, uh, speaking of a harlot, it mentions Rahab and mentions uh, several other people, even David and Samuel, and then it mentions uh, Samson. He's in that list, even with uh, Rahab, who repented of being a harlot, a prostitute. So it's interesting that she's in the same list with him, and he went after Harlots himself. But both of them changed, and they uh, are in the Hall of Faith, which means that uh, they were saved uh, because he wouldn't be in that list if he had not been saved. So that's a powerful point there in Hebrews. The right of Hebrews lists him there. If he wasn't saved, he probably would have just left him out. But he put him there. And I believe God put him there through the writer of Hebrews. So hopefully that that helps out, Brother Rick. Does that help out? Uh, absolutely. I mean, the sense I, I had a sense that he was saved. 
by his words? Yes. That, that, that was evidence to me that he was saved. He, he called out to God. Yeah. And he had a belief. Even though he fell short in so many areas, that would, that was, that would, that, that ended up being his bottom line. Yes, and this is the icing on the cake, right? Uh, you laid out the cake, what you're saying, and what I said about the pillars, and he cried out to God. But this is the icing on the cake, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 31. He's mentioned with the hall of faith because he had faith in God, and that's why the writer of Hebrews put him there. Amen? Amen. Thank you very much. You got it. And do you have any prayer requests? Uh, on your heart. Keep, keep me in prayer around my around my health or where I'm at in San Bruno. Um, keep, 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 me, keep, keep me in prayer that I work out every day so I get healthy. Very Thank good. All right. All right. Well, we're going to have Brother Gary to lift, you, to lift you up and all of us lift you up in prayer now, Brother Gary. Well, Lord, we just always thank you and we appreciate Brother Rick and his faithfulness. We thank you for his heart. We thank you, Lord God, <clears throat> that you keep him going, that you sustain him. We thank you, Lord God, that he's an example of perseverance. He's an example of a mighty man of God, a warrior of the faith. And Lord God, we just pray that you continue to strengthen him, continue to bless him, continue to use him to your glory. We pray, Lord God, that you meet every need that's represented in his life, whether it's a physical need, a spiritual need, an emotional need, or a financial need. Touch him at his point of need. Bless him and continue, Lord God, we pray, to give him joy and to encourage him, continue to use him, because your word says that that good thing you started in, you're faithful to bring it to completion. So we thank you for Brother Rick and his questions. We thank you, Lord God that you would continue to use him, Lord God, as he does Bible studies, continue to use him through phone ministry. However you want to use him, we pray you use him, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick. God bless you, brother. Hey, what? All right, God bless you, brother. Thank you for calling. All right, Brother Gary, we have time for another question. Yes, we do. And tonight we actually have Alfred on the line. So, Alfred, are you there? Yes, I am. How you doing, Gary Bell? I am truly blessed, Brother Alfred. It's long time no here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a question for um, Dr. Yes, what's on your heart, brother? It's good to hear your voice. We always get your question off air, but it's always good to hear your voice occasionally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good to, uh, it, it's good to, um, have your guys' feedback on all my questions. Amen. And what's on your heart tonight? What's your question? Okay. Uh, last week you mentioned something along the lines about, you warned the people of about Jim Jones? Yes. In the Bay Area, you warned the people? And I had a question to ask you. Okay. How can you tell if someone is a false prophet? All right. Well, that's a very good question. 
And uh, a lot of people need to learn from this question that you are asking. Well, uh, the Bible is very clear. There's a lot of things in the Old Testament uh, that says some things, but more so in the New. And I'm going to kind of build on the New. And uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, he talks about in 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4, he says uh, he warns the church of Corinth about another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel. And uh, because they're preaching another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel, well, how do you know there is another Jesus? Well, one thing that all cults and false religions share in common, and this is a thing you may want to write down because it's a, it's a really a, like a, a red light signal, is that every cult and false religion deny that Jesus Christ is God in human form. There's not one single one that will not fail that test. You know, like Jehovah's Witnesses say that Jesus is Michael the Archangel, and Mormons say that Jesus is one God among a pantheon of gods, and you have uh, most of the religions of the world say that Jesus was just a mere man or a prophet, and, you know, and you can go on and on, but none of them will accept Jesus as being God in human form. And John tells us, not only in the Gospel of John, uh, John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And then he says in verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then the same writer in John, 1 John 4, he says, whoever denies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is the Antichrist. So one of the things and the major things how you detect uh, a, a person, a false teacher, is that you always ask the question, do you believe that Jesus is God in human form? And you add to that the only savior of the world uh, without works, because all of the cults also add works to their salvation. And you got to always be on your guard uh, against that as well. So uh, these are the antennas that you uh, put up. And, you know, I'll say this, and I know that uh, uh, we need to go to a commercial break in a minute, but in the American Banking Association, uh, hundreds of bank tellers are taught, they go to Washington, they're taught to be so familiar with the original money so that when the counterfeit comes in, they can detect it right away. And uh, I thought to myself, what a beautiful sermon illustration. If we would be so familiar with our Bibles and who Jesus is, we would be able to detect false teachers and false prophets right away. So we need to be, we need to know the original, who the real Jesus is, and be discerning and know our Bibles, and we'll be able to detect these false teachers right away, because you'll be like a spiritual hound dog, and you'll sift them out right away and discern them, because you'll ask the question, do you believe that Jesus is God in human form, the only Savior of the world? And do you believe that you're saved by grace alone and not works, and that he's the only Savior? And you'll find from that question, most of them will tell you something different. So anyway, hopefully that helps. And I know we got to go to a commercial, 
Uh, but uh, Gary, you can add to this before we go to commercial, but hopefully that kind of gives you some insight, uh, my brother Alfred. Awesome. I, I really appreciate brother Alfred. Every week he calls in and leaves us a great question. And uh, we know that it's nothing but the Lord that inspires him to do that because the questions are always good and they, they are questions that everyone needs to hear the answer to. These are things that uh, are, are completely relatable. So we appreciate you, Alfred, and your questions. And, you know, it's, it's always a, an issue that we have to, to know our Bibles. We have to know the Word of God inside and out because that's the best way. If you know the truth, you can always detect the lie. So that's my two cents, and I just concur with what Dr. Buckner has already told you. He's giving you a wealth of information, and I know you're going to be blessed. Well, it is time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We do want to hear from you. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I always like to say that prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. When we're dealing with difficulties, we're going through rough patches, hard seasons of life, We need to seek God's face. Seek him first. Seek the Lord because he's the answer to your issues. He's the one that can solve any problem that you're dealing with. So we always want to encourage you. God is just a prayer way. Whatever you're going through, seek him first. You know, our tendency is to get on the phone and call mom or call somebody else. But you know what? Call on the Lord first. So we want to encourage you. And also, we just want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. As we mentioned earlier, this broadcast has been on the air 20 years, and it's because of your prayers. And it's also because of your faithfulness. Those of you who have been faithful in your giving to this ministry, we can't thank you enough because it keeps us going. Dr. Buckner and I do not receive a single penny. It all goes back into airtime. And so we are just thankful for the faithfulness of God's people to give to Contending for the Faith. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way is somewhat simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button. And it's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, about ready to get back to the uh, phone lines? Yes, and Brother Gary wants to add this to what you just said. We mm-hmm. just appreciate everybody out there that's been faithful in giving to this ministry. And I know all of us are going through uh, financial challenges, but please remember 
contending for the faith because we need uh, people to be consistent financial warriors uh, investing in time and eternity. And we want to just encourage you to keep doing what God is doing through you and blessing this ministry uh, so we can continue to be a blessing to teach and be on the air to give reasons and answers for the Christian faith. All right, Brother Gary. All right. Well, I do believe Jermaine is still on the line, holding patiently. Jermaine, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing, my brother? Oh, I'm doing very well today. Just uh, blessed to be back on the show, enjoying it so far. Well, very good. And the family doing well? Oh, yes, everybody's doing well. And you're getting sleep at night these days? <laughs> uh, a little bit, just enough. Just enough. No, I, I, yeah, how old is a little I baby now? For the, who is that? How old is a little baby now? Are you six months now? Wow, time uh, flies. Yes. Yes, well, we're always praying for you and your wife and your family, and and we appreciate you always calling in and with good questions like uh, Alfred. So what's on your heart tonight? Well, yeah, just um, wanted to talk about music and, and the spiritual aspect of it. I, I see how it affects people, you know. Um, I was just wondering, is there any scripture that actually kind of narrows down the fact that music is spiritual? Because we see the effects, like, you know, you've got different genres of music, some good, some bad, but I just know there's something uplifting about worship songs and songs that sing about the Lord and praise the Lord versus stuff I used to listen to, gangster rap and all the other stuff I consider horrible now, you know, it, it just, I see different motivations from people when they hear sounds and it seems to excite the flesh versus exciting the spirit. So I just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. If there's any scripture that, that kind of homes in on that. Well, I, I couldn't have said any better than that, boy, when you said excite the flesh rather than the spirit. There's a lot of that going on. But we have a musician um, uh, in his house, uh, and that is uh, Brother Gary Bell, and we're going to let him kick it off with uh, responding to your question, since he is a musician, and uh, he can probably get, add some uh, insight to this, and then I'll add some more after him. Brother Gary. Uh, yes, amen. Well, you know, the Lord created music. We even, Scripture talks about that there's singing going on in heaven, even now. Uh God inhabits the praises of his people. Even uh, most notably, I think about David, 2 Samuel 6 and 5, it said, David and the whole house of Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord with songs, with harps, lyres, tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. Clearly, music making uh, wasn't as organized back then, but you know, when the ark, you know, arrived in Jerusalem, one of the first things David did was appoint some of the Levites to the ministry of music and song. Uh, they were to minister before the ark of the Lord, to make petition, to give thanks, to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, right? I mean, it got to the point where of the 38,000 Levites, David set aside 4,000 for the ministry of music, First Chronicles 23 and three and five, more than one-tenth of the Levites, therefore, a generous tithe spent their time of holy service making music. So it was important. You know, we have a lot of uh, biblical precedent for 
uh, the use of music and its importance in worship, even, uh, you know, before they marched around the, the uh, Jericho, right? They blew the horns. Uh, it's all throughout scripture, you know, and I, I'm always amazed that um, so many churches used to have this weird uh, kind of jaundiced view about music that, you know, a certain type of music you, you couldn't play or music wasn't allowed in the church at all. You couldn't have drums, you couldn't have this. And, and we see it all throughout scripture. God created music. Uh, unfortunately, as you mentioned, the enemy has is well aware of, of the power that's within music to touch and to, to uh, inspire or to, you know, contaminate people's minds and hearts because it, it seems to be we are hardwired toward music. That's why in advertising, you know, how many times you used to hear certain uh, jingles that the commercials would have, right? We would, you, you couldn't remember anything else, but that, that little song would be playing through your mind about whatever that product was, you know, and the enemy has used that, you know, like you said, through gangster rap and through other secular means to corrupt minds, to, to stimulate the flesh, to get people excited the wrong way. Um, and so it's, it's a problem. You know, a lot of uh, churches especially have um, issues with musicians. I've, I've been hearing different things where, you know, a lot of times the pastors don't want the musicians to play outside the church in any other shape, fashion, or form, or they don't want to pay musicians. They think, there's just all this weird stuff around music. People uh, divide over it in the church sometimes because they don't get to hear the style of music, you know. And so it becomes a, a, a very difficult situation at times, especially with uh, immature uh, believers. You know, there's a there's so much that that can divide over it, but we have to keep in mind that God created music and that in worship, as you mentioned. Worship songs, you know, usher us into his presence. You know, it, it, it breaks up that hollow ground that's, that, that dries, those dry places. That all of a sudden, God's spirit inhabits the praises of his people. It's a vital part of every church ministry that they uh, maintain that spirit of music, that spirit of worship going before the Lord. So anyway, that's my two cents. Uh, I'm part of our worship ministry at our church. I play lead guitar. Um, I will say this, I started playing guitar as a, as a young guy in and out of uh, clubs and all this kind of stuff. But you know what? God takes everything and he, I truly believe there's no waste in God's economy. And so he's taken that musical talent and sanctified it. And so now it's being used in his house. And um, so it's, it's important to me. It's important I think for believers to to um, not shy away from, you know, we, we've got so much great music in our churches these days. Um, and I believe it's integral to um, praising God. So anyway, that's my two cents. Well, that's a very good uh, response, uh, Brother Gary, and well said and appreciate that. And I just want to add something to what uh, Gary has been talking about. Brother Jermaine, <clears throat> when it comes to uh, contemporary uh, music as well as traditionalist music, music uh, the central focus should always be giving God the glory in everything that we do. 
And a lot of times, as you mentioned, Jermaine, it's giving man the glory through the flesh. And that's a great sin in the field of music, because if it's not centralized in giving God the glory, as well as the ones who are giving God the glory, the, the Bible tells us that the spirits are subject to the prophets. It talks about that, you know, in the Bible. So, when, giving another example, if you have somebody in the church that's speaking in tongues and there is no interpreter, you know, that's of the flesh and it's not of the spirit. But it's a lot of that going on even in the field of music. Uh, it's people, some people are not glorifying God is in the flesh. And when you see people falling over and going into a trance state in music and all that stuff, that stuff falls on the area of de demonism, you know, because that's what the people used to do in the world of the occult and, you know, witch doctors and stuff like that. You know, people go into convulsions and get out of control. And a lot of our music in the flesh has done that too. But uh, Gary mentioned several things in relationship to uh, the Old Testament and, and, and music have, if it's right music, it's glorifying God, it has a way of soothing and blessing the soul and coming and even sometimes helping them to, to deal with demons and people, you know, because Saul, when David was playing, you know, it was doing, had an effect upon Saul. So, but in the New Testament, let me say this in summary, because our time is almost out. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15, you may want to write that down. 1 Corinthians 14 15, it talks about, and it says, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, Notice the word spirit, and I will pray with understanding also. I will sing with the spirit, and I will sing with understanding. So it mentions the spirit, and it mentions singing, those two S's together, and what they should be doing when they're singing, glorifying God. Everything that we do, we should be giving God the glory, and the spirit should be under control with the spirit uh, subject to the prophets. Then Ephesians 5, and uh, I have verse 19, it says in Ephesians 5 and 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So, yes, singing is, is, it has a spiritual dynamic to it, but it needs to be led by the Spirit, and that's why Paul says in Galatians 5, uh, Either you're going to be walking in the spirit or walking in the flesh. And there's a lot of people in the in churches are walking more. Some of them are walking more in the flesh than in the spirit. And you mm -hmm. will know that. You will know that by testing it, you know, like the Bereans did. Amen. So, Jermaine, you want to say anything in closing on this? I know we have just a short time. Yeah, just, um, you want to obviously have to do a part two. Definitely one of the best answers I've heard from both of you. And Brother Gary's so talented that I, I forgot he also plays music. He's like a human Swiss Army knife. But I think <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of what we're seeing nowadays, I used to be a bouncer in Oakland at a club that I couldn't stand years ago, and I would watch music do things to people spiritually where it was almost like a trance versus when I go to church where people are uplifted by the Lord and watch how they act. So I, I know we're at the end of the show, so I'll, I'll say part two for uh, – the next time I get to call you guys. But thank you very much. That was a great answer. Yeah, that trance is like the occult. 
I was mentioning a lot of them going to that, and that's what the witch doctors used to do. And a lot of that is in our churches in another form. All right. Thank you, Brother Jermaine. God bless you, brother. Thank you for your call and your question. Brother Gary. Yes, thank you, uh, Brother Jermaine. And uh, we really appreciate that. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. And we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, who always does such an excellent job. We so appreciate Brother Vince for his his time, talent, and treasure as well, and uh, making this broadcast possible. And we also like to thank you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It is important for us to hear from your letters and cards or encouragement to us. So please drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. You can also reach Dr. Buckner by phone at area code 415-721-1778. I just want to add that Dr. Buckner is available to uh, do seminars, to uh, provide uh, special teachings and classes coming to your uh, church. And, you know, take advantage of this opportunity. Give him a call and book him to come to your church and and do uh, all classes and teachings that would edify and bless your congregation, particularly in the light of the cults. And uh, he's expert on the essentials of the Christian faith as well, and so many other areas. So we want to encourage you, give him a call, 415-721-1778, and have him come out and do a seminar, teaching, class, or preach on Sunday morning even. So uh, please keep us in your prayers until next time when we give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.